It takes a lot of hard work and guts to make it in Detroit, and no one knows that better than Carhartt. Since 1889, Carhartt's been making the toughest, most trusted gear for anyone who outworks them. Because from field to farm and all sites in between, Carhartt's got your back for whatever lies ahead. Hi, this is Dan Dickerson, and you're listening to the Road to Detroit podcast. There are certain things that teams can do on draft day. All in Major League Baseball, the goal is to find a top 10 prospect. And that's the thing about top 10 prospects. There's only 10 top 10 prospects. So of the 30 Major League teams, only a third of those teams are coming away with someone ranked in the top 10. Nine times out of 10, each of those top 10 prospects will go to different teams. The only time in recent years this was different, 2015. The Houston Astros selected Alex Bregman, Kyle Tucker, and Daz Cameron, who we have covered many times on this show. The Houston Astros were able to get multiple top 10 prospects. The reason was financial flexibility. And guess what the Detroit Tigers had on draft day 2021? The exact same thing. It is a big deal to get a top 10 prospect on draft day. Think about how excited the Detroit Lions were and their new general manager, Brad Holmes, when he was seen pounding the table after Penny Sewell dropped to pick number seven. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some table pounding when Jackson Job was the pick for the Tigers at number three. They were clearly sold on him. The pick may have gone down to high school players, a position player and a pitcher. And you know who I'm referring to. Somebody told me this a long time ago. They said, the only job you have, draft good players. Draft good players. And I understand that the high school pitcher profile is risky, but... All of us can agree, Jackson Job is one of the most exceptionally talented players in this year's draft. And on top of it, he's a player that brings two different worlds together, the scouting world and the analytics world. He checks so many boxes. And I think it's easy to expect a high school draft pick to sit around the lowest levels of the minor leagues for what feels like forever. And because sometimes it takes a while to get to the big leagues, it's easy to think that it's going to take a long time for Jackson Job. I don't think that's the case. If he's as talented as the Tigers believe he is, I don't think it takes years on years for him to crack a big league roster. But aside from all of that, the Tigers didn't just get one top 10 talent in the draft. Tigers got Jackson Job at number three, and then all of a sudden pick 32 came around, and who's sitting there staring them in the face? Boom! Tough acting, ten acting. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's tough acting Ty Madden, the Big 12 Pitcher of the Year and an All-American at the University of Texas and one of the biggest names in the College World Series. The past couple years, we've seen the three-headed pitching monster make it to Detroit. Mize, Manning, Scooble. Now in Double A, what are we watching? Green, Torkelson, Dingler. The next step in this evolution is pitching. And the Tigers did not hold anything back. The truth of the matter is this. You can have great offensive players 
in any given ball game. But if you have the best pitcher on the mound in any one particular day, you'll have a guaranteed chance to win that day's game. A great hitter can go four for four with four home runs and you can lose 10 to four. But if you have the best pitcher on the mound, you'll have a chance to win every single night. And for the first time since 2015, an MLB team was able to draft two top 10 draft eligible players. It's the Detroit Tigers. Jackson Job at number three. Ty Madden, who was ranked number nine in the MLB Pipeline draft rankings. They got him all the way at number 32. And in a couple of minutes, you'll get to meet Ty Madden as well. And over the next weeks and months, we'll get to know members of this 2021 MLB draft class. But this week, it starts with Ty Madden. But that's how it works. You take Jackson Job at number three and then pick 32. Boom! Boom! (laughs) And just like that, there were two more top 100 Tigers prospects. Dylan Dingler has moved into the top 100 on a couple different lists. Number 93 overall on Fangraphs. Number 43 on Baseball Prospectus. And now the Tigers' first round pick is in the fold as well. Jackson Job, the high school right-hander from Oklahoma, becomes the Tigers' third overall pick in the 2021 MLB draft. He is equipped with a number of outstanding pitches. Brian Sikowski of Perfect Game, we had him on during Season 2, Episode 5. I loved when he said that Jackson Job's slider moves through dimensions. (laughs) Now Jackson Job is in the Tigers organization, and all of a sudden he will likely slot in as a top 100 prospect in the game. My name is Dan Hasty. Nate Wangler is our producer. Another episode here of the Road to Detroit podcast. A little bit later on this edition of the Road to Detroit, Tigers number 11 prospect Gage Workman is scheduled to join us. We'll talk about adapting to life in West Michigan and what's been a crazy college career that has now spilled over into professional baseball. He was a college teammate with Spencer Torkelson. So what is it like now to be in the same system as somebody who has been as decorated as Torkelson and How is Gage Workman finding his way? We'll find out from Gage as he joins us a little bit later on here on the RTD. As news and notes continues, the Futures game at Coors Field in Colorado hosted two highly thought-of prospects in Major League Baseball. Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green made their way to Coors Field. And what an experience for Riley Green and for Spencer Torkelson. Two players on the same team playing in double-A Erie got to go to Coors Field and be on the same field in the same lineup once again. So it's kind of like any other day for those guys. But they got a chance to play with some of the best and brightest prospects in all the baseball. And when you're a highly ranked prospect, the Futures game is kind of a rite of passage. And that's exactly what we got a chance to see for Riley and for Spencer last Sunday. Tigers sent a pair of representatives to the Futures game. They could have probably sent a third in Dylan Dingler had it been available to them. But a lot of teams usually get capped around two prospects. So maybe this time next year we'll be talking about Dylan Dingler in a potential MLB Futures game. To the Florida Complex League, Roberto Campos is showing a little pop down on the backfields. An 18-year-old international signee from Cuba hit two no-doubt home runs in his first week as a pro in the Florida Complex League. We don't get a chance to talk too much about Complex League baseball, so Roberto Campos is certainly putting the FC on the map. Let's hit the on-ramp. 
The Flying Tigers took on Palm Beach and won a couple of games this past week. Colt Keith, Tigers' fifth-round pick in 2020, he drove in three runs, had seven hits, scored a pair of runs. Meanwhile, Jimmy Kerr, the old Michigan Wolverines first baseman, he drove in three runs on five hits, had a couple of doubles. So good week for Lakeland. Meanwhile, high A West Michigan. They lost their series to the Dayton Dragons. They did pick up a win towards the end of that series, but one of the bright spots was Parker Meadows. Tigers' second-round pick back in 2018 hit a pair of home runs in that series. He had two over a three-day span, and the contact has gotten significantly harder for Parker Meadows. We are seeing better and better at-bats from him. Tigers have had to be very patient on him, but I think we're starting to see some improvement for Parker Meadows. Meanwhile, Gage Workman, who we will talk to a little bit later on in this edition of The Road to Detroit, he's a fourth-round pick. Came in the 2020 draft. He was a college teammate with Spencer Torkelson. Gage Workman hit his first high-A home run in that series in Dayton, drove in a pair of runs. And Andrew Navigato, 20th rounder out of Oklahoma State back in 2019, he has kind of been a jack-of-all-trades for West Michigan. He's just a winning baseball player, does a little bit of everything, and he has been fantastic since getting to the high-A Whitecaps. Navigato was posting a five-game hitting streak at one point during the series in Dayton. Double-A Erie, you know the standout players. Riley Green, four hits in four games, had three runs batted in. Spencer Torkelson hit safely in three out of four, a pair of home runs with three RBIs. Toledo took a couple of games from Omaha over a six-game set. Derek Hill continues to put himself in great standing for a potential callback to the Detroit Tigers. Two for five, couple of home runs, and back-to-back at bats, as a matter of fact, against Omaha back on July 8th. Meanwhile, Isaac Paredes, don't forget about him. Pair of triples and a home run for the Tigers' former top-five prospect. Ricardo Pinto, he struck out six through seven innings on the mound back on July the 7th. He's having a good year. Ricardo Pinto, who's been in the big leagues with a couple of different teams, Tampa Bay and Philadelphia, is 7-2 with a 2.56 ERA. There's a look at the on-ramp. Welcome back. The Road to Detroit podcast continues. I have been so pumped to have our next guest on this program, and that is Ty Madden, University of Texas right-hander. You may have seen his work in the College World Series. He's now the Tigers' number 32 overall pick in 2023. Ty, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for doing this. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm pumped. Congratulations. I mean, what a week for you. What, what has this been like? I mean, you knew that you were going to get drafted, but was it what you thought it was or was it any different? Yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely an emotional week and a lot of ups and downs. But, um, yeah, I'm happy where I'm at and I'm glad to be here. And uh, I'm pumped for this opportunity and uh, ready to get after it. Right after you got drafted, I heard you say that you really respected the way that the Tigers develop pitching. I'm sure guys like Casey Mize, Tarek Skubal, and others come to mind, but I'm sure you've been learning a lot about the Tigers the last few days. What else stands out? Yeah, just that it's a really respectable organization, and um, I've tried to dive in as much as I could these last couple of days and uh, ready to meet the guys. And just, yeah, the one thing that stood out to us is just – how great they were with college pitching and um, they're not scared. They're not scared to move guys up quickly. And that's obviously that's uh, 
very likable and yeah, it's, it's a great organization. Talk to me about that. I mean, because everybody has expectations for themselves and I want to kind of get into some of your goals for what was the college season here in just a little bit, but how fast do you hope to move once you get into the system? Uh, I haven't really thought that much ahead, just taking things day by day. And that's kind of something I did at Texas as well. And it's kind of got me where I'm, why I'm here today and uh, just do everything I can and put the effort in to, to improve myself and hopefully that'll, that'll take care of it. It's just crazy to think of how many years have gone into making yourself to what you are today. I mean, it's high school because you were a known pitcher in high school too. And then you end up going to Texas. I know the Tigers were excited to get you at pick 32. Talk to me about the process of draft day. I heard you say a couple of things about, you know, I didn't think the Tigers were going to be able to get you at 32. So how close were you to going sooner than that? Uh, I mean, it really don't know. It was a bunch of unknowns and some money stuff. And obviously they had, they picked very early. And um, so I talked to them a little bit, but as it kind of, the end of the first round started shaping out. We thought it was a great fit, and that's, that's where we wanted to be. I mean, you've seen Casey Mize. He was in the SEC. He was pitching at Auburn. You know about Tarek Skubal. Have you heard from anybody when it comes to the big league side? Have you heard from anybody? Because, I mean, you're on the map now. Cody's obviously talked to me, and then uh, I'm pretty good friends with Torkelson. We, uh, he was my roommate in uh, the Cape after my freshman year. And so me and Torque have stayed in touch over the last two years, and we've been texting back and forth. What has Spencer Torkelson told you about the Tigers organization? Oh, he was fired up. He he was one of the first people to text me and uh, just, yeah, he's fired up to have me. And he, he said only but good things about the organization. And especially he said the pitchers, I talked to him about the pitchers, he said the pitchers love it and that it's a great fit for me. How Spencer Torkelson is a roommate? He's good. Of course, he was – he was going to USA my freshman year, and so we only got about two weeks together. But he's a great dude, and uh, I love hanging out with him. And the best part is now you don't have to face him in a game anymore. If anything, you face him on the backfield, so you've got that going for you. I read that you worked out with Cody Clemens. We just had him on the show. Tell me about what your experiences have been like with Cody. Yeah, obviously, Cody left a year before I got to Texas, but um, – He's from Houston and I'm from the Houston area and we, uh, we work out at the same place. And uh, especially this after COVID and this, this winter, whenever everything started opening back up, we worked out together at, at Kip Wells facility down here and um, we got close and he's, he's pumped to have me. And obviously we already had a relationship just because of Texas, but he's, yeah, he's excited and I'm excited to be with him. Yeah. You talking about Kip Wells, the former major league pitcher, Kip Wells. Yes, he, uh, he's he got a little place down here, and that's where we work out and throw at. It's a big family down there in Texas. How many other big leaguers have you been able to run across? I mean, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of advice, pointers, and help that not many other guys can get. Yeah, of course, being at Texas, I've talked to, to Roger a lot, and uh, I've had some conversations with him and being Cody's dad and stuff like that, and those are always helpful, and then obviously being at being at Texas with Tulo's been one of the best experiences I've ever had and, and working with him in Houston street as well as our volunteer last year. And they've really helped me out a, a huge amount. Roger Clemens, obviously 
built his game off of a power fastball and of course a wipeout breaking ball which is kind of the book on you i mean that's what we've read about that's what we've seen and some people think you're a starter and some people say put him at the back of a bullpen the tigers have had success doing that michael fulmer's made a great transition i'm guessing your preference is to start but just out of curiosity when's the last time you came out of the bullpen Beginning of my freshman year, I made some relief appearances. And then after that, I, I started starting on Sundays about halfway through my freshman year. So early 2019. But to be clear, Ty Madden likes starting. Yes, I'm a starting pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> you have this big fastball, this wipeout slider. Somebody else who has similar pitches to you is Jackson Job. What do you know about Jackson? Not much. I mean, everything I've heard about him is his stuff's unreal. He can really spin it. And uh, I'm hoping, I don't know what their plan is with us, but we'll get to spend some time together and we can, we can work with each other and feed off each other. Yeah. I think Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green are kind of joined at the hip. So maybe this is Jackson Job and Ty Madden fast forward a year and a half from now. You, you guys have some things in common though. One of them is that your slider is your wipeout pitch. So Talk to me about the slider. Is it fair to say that not everyone throws it quite the same? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't even throw mine the same. It changes depending on uh, the swings of the hitters and what I want to do in the count. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about a slider is that it's a hard-breaking ball, so you can you can back off of it and make it more vertical, or you can throw it harder for me, and it turns into like a really hard cutter. So when you're reading swings, I mean, are you talking that you're changing your slider from start to start or from hitter to hitter? Like hitter to hitter, different counts. Like if I want to land it for a strike or if I'm going for a big chase pitch, I, I can kind of control what I want to do with it. That's something that I've worked on a lot over the past two years, and I've gained a lot of feel with that. We're talking with Ty Madden. So fastball, big fastball, slider. What's your third pitch? Change up for sure. I didn't show it a whole lot in the beginning of the year. And then um, as the season progressed, I made a couple adjustments to it. It it really started to take off, especially in the World Series. I started throwing in a lot more and I thought my change up really started to open up and I got a lot of good swings and misses and I'm ready to use that pitch more and kind of run off with that one. Take me back to Texas. You were the Big 12 pitcher of the year. Some excellent games in the College World Series. First of all, what is that atmosphere like? It was a blast. While we came up one game short, it was still it was still awesome. Or a couple games short, but one game short of the finals. A buddy of mine had actually texted me the day before saying, I want Ty Madden, but I don't think there's a chance that he would ever be there at pick number 32. And that was because he watched the College World Series. And since the memories are pretty fresh, tell me now that the dust has settled on your college career with Texas, tell me about what Ty Madden would consider the best game he's ever pitched. Ooh, um, I mean, I think stuff-wise, my best start was Houston early in the year this year. And, but as far as like biggest game and clutch was probably the second game against Mississippi State in the World Series or the super regional game against USF. You ended up as pitcher of the year in your conference. Was that a goal for you? Did you have any goals going into the season? Yeah, absolutely. That was one of my individual goals and had a bunch of other goals. And uh, yeah, I was pumped. It was, it was an honor to, to get that award. 
Dan O'Dowd, the former general manager who's now on MLB Network, he was doing a conversation with Henry Davis, who was picked number one overall by Louisville, and he asked him this question, and I loved it. So I'm going to ask you the same one. What would your Longhorn teammates say it is like to play with Ty Madden? Oh, shoot. Um, I don't know what they'd say. I'd say I'd hope they say it was good and fun and uh, that I was a good teammate. And But I can be brutally honest sometimes, and uh, I think they respect that. Sometimes the only way that we get better is when we get that honesty and that feedback that we need. I mean, wh- where does that come from? I think it's just from what I want other people to do with me. I mean, I don't want people to beat around the bush, like tell me the truth. And so I treat people that way as well. We're talking to Ty Madden here on Road to Detroit. What's your earliest memory of why you love baseball? I don't know. I'd say it was kind of constant. I can't can't name one memory, but I was a catcher growing up. And that was kind of where my love for the game developed and why I do what I do. And um, I caught until I was like 16 and until I grew too much. But um, just being in command back there and and learning from behind the behind the plate was something that really built my love for this game and kind of started started my progression to who I am today. What benefits having been a catcher help you now as a pitcher? I think it kind of helps me like know what I want on the mound, if that makes sense. Like I've got a better idea of how I want catchers to set up for visuals, but obviously it's been a long time since I've done that. So towards the end of high school, when I was making the transition that it kind of helped me with that. And, and just like being the competitor on the field, I feel like you have to have a presence catching and that kind of carries to my presence on the mound. I guess the inevitable question is how much do you miss hitting? How much do you miss taking batting practice and hitting in games? Well, I do still take batting practice. That's kind of something not on the field, but something in the cages that it's something I love to do. And uh, I got a bat at Texas and they let me swing with the hitters every now and then. And I'd stay after and take some soft toss just because I feel like it keeps me athletic. It's fun. And uh, something I enjoy doing. How much work goes into staying athletic with your size? Because you're a big guy. I mean, you're 6'3", 6'4", 200 plus. I mean, athleticism doesn't come as naturally to to bigger guys. No, yeah. I think it's something I definitely have to work on and I'm going to have to work on still and constantly for the rest of my career and just staying flexible and increasing my balance and agility. And it's something I spent a lot of time at during quarantine and with Texas with our strength coach over there. Well, now you're in the Detroit Tigers system. Ty, I didn't expect to be having this conversation with you because I didn't expect the Tigers would be able to pick you. So it works out. And, you know, I'm sure you've had people tell you this over the course of the past week. Everything happens for a reason. Considering where the Tigers are organizationally from a pitching standpoint, I think you nailed it. I think you pegged exactly what this organization is. The one thing that they have done well over the course of the last five years is develop pitching. So you are in good hands. It sounds like you figured that out already. Congratulations on being picked. Can't wait to see you on your way up to the Tigers minor league system. And thank you so much for joining us here on the Road to Detroit podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. That is the Road to Detroit podcast presented by Carhartt. It's time now for best in class. Of all the players in the Tigers minor league system, this one made the most noise. 
And how refreshing is it when we get a chance to introduce you to somebody who we haven't had a chance to talk too much about on this season of the RTD? Former 20th round pick out of Oklahoma State, Andrew Navigato has hit the ground running in high A. Here's Carson Spires 2-1. Swing and a high fly ball deep to left field. Back goes Cotton looking up. This one is over and gone. Andrew Navigato with a tape measure shot to the left of the video board in left field. And the Caps have a run here in the fourth. It's 6-2. Andrew Navigato, 23-year-old infielder, outfielder. He has been hitting the ball exceptionally well during the Whitecaps road trip. It's been a 12-game road trip. He had been hitting the tar out of the baseball. 14 for 38. This past week alone, he has accumulated a batting average of 368. He's also got a couple of home runs and a couple of RBIs. Andrew Navigato, even despite all of that, has shown the ability to do everything. He's played third base. He's played second base. He's played both of those spots tremendously well. He's shown speed. He's shown a good arm, and he showed the ability to hit for average and power and again these are the guys that you need at the high a level you need guys who can do a little bit of everything just kind of keep the wheels turning andrew navigato who spent two seasons at a junior college ended up getting a spot at oklahoma state the numbers were really good and that's what led the tigers to taking him in the 20th round now all of a sudden he finds himself in high a and not a lot of 20th round picks find themselves a this high this quickly and b having success so congratulations to andrew navigato who by the way wants to be a sportscaster one day i don't know based on the way he's playing i'm not sure he'll need to be in a broadcast booth he's our best in class so there's a look at our best in class award for season two episode six and as always it is time to find out who will accept this rosa the dylan rosa award for honorable mention this week in the rtd and to tell us is our producer nate wangler the player who will be accepting this week's Rosa is actually up at the AAA level. Sometimes I feel like we don't give the AAA guys enough love. That's Ricardo Pinto. So far in the month of July, 14 innings pitched, no runs given up, and 13 strikeouts to go along with that. He very quietly has put together a solid 2021 campaign, 7-2, and two, a 256 ERA. Not necessarily a strikeout pitcher, only 47 punch-outs through 56 and a third, but you certainly can't complain about the numbers that he's put up so far. Again, 7-2, two, a 256 ERA. Congratulations to Ricardo Pinto. He is this week's Dylan Rosa Award winner. to Detroit podcast continues as we continue along here on this season. We had not had a chance to get to know Gage Workman quite yet. He had a fantastic start down in Lakeland. The Tigers number 11 prospect is now in high a West Michigan. He joins us now. Gage, first of all, thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you found yourself here in West Michigan after a start of the year in Lakeland. Tell me a little bit about how you would summarize your start to the season. Um, it was a good good introduction to pro ball. Um, I mean, up, up until the start of the season, I had that little short instructs period, and then uh, nothing nothing really for a year after getting drafted. So it was a good start. I'm, I'm glad to be playing baseball again and and playing and playing decent. 
And playing shortstop on top of it. I mean, remember back to your time at Arizona State, you were playing third base. It's kind of funny how things have all of a sudden transpired in the Tigers system. You've got Torkelson playing at third base. You're playing shortstop. Like Alika Williams, the shortstop at Arizona State, he must be unbelievable defensively because he was playing shortstop and all you guys have moved around ever since. But how's the adjustment to shortstop going? I've played shortstop my whole life, so um, it, it hasn't been a crazy adjustment. I actually really love being back at short. But, yeah, like you said, Alika Williams is unreal at shortstop. And then Torque's, uh, Torque's doing awesome at third base, too. So it's kind of fun to be moving around and knowing we could play different spots in the infield. It has to be just as much fun for you to watch Torkelson playing third as it is for Spencer to watch you playing shortstop. Do you guys ever go back and forth about different defensive plays or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, he's he's making highlight plays over there at third base, I feel like, every other day. So it, it's really fun to watch and, and just kind of know that we played together and to see him switch positions and then kill it at that position he's at, it's, it's fun to watch. Tell me a little bit about offensively, as we go back to your time in Lakeland, how you would characterize how you performed there at the plate? It's been adjustments along the way. I've had good weeks, I've had bad weeks, and it's just kind of getting my feet wet and kind of seeing how they're pitching me and trying to make the adjustments as quick as possible, getting my feet wet, and I've, I, uh, I thought I've done all right so far. I don't think anybody realized we were going to be talking about you in the sense of 20-plus stolen bases by this time of the year. What in the world is going on down in Lakeland? You know what? Uh, the manager down there, Graham, is awesome with stolen bases. Andrew Graham. Yes, Andrew Graham. He's, he's, uh, he's the man. So uh, he's kind of been mentoring me along the way and uh, telling me when it's good to go and when, when to not go. And uh, it's been working, what he's, what he's helped me with so far. So you've got 20-plus stolen bases, one of the highest numbers in the entire Tigers minor league system. I mean, is this the kind of player you think that you are? Because in Arizona State, we didn't see a lot of stolen bases. But, I mean, it's a great situation to watch unfold. We're seeing all of a sudden a guy who's got power and speed. When you have Torkelson in your lineup, you don't want to steal bases and risk getting out because he's just going to drive you in anyways. So it wasn't a thing we, we really uh, focused on at Arizona State because we had a very good offense um, and our lineup was really good. But, yeah, I definitely would like to be a stolen base guy, power guy. I think I could do it all, and uh, I'll definitely try to continue it as we move up. We're talking with Gage Workman. So you go to Lakeland, you start the season there, and you finally get the bump to West Michigan. How rewarding was it to find out that bit of news? Man, it was awesome. It was it was a really fun uh, phone call to my parents and being able to tell them that. And uh, I, I was excited. I was excited to get up here and start playing as soon as possible. What did your parents say when they found out? Oh man, they they were they just said time to get to work. I mean, nothing new. It's still baseball. They just said continue grinding. I mean talking to the wife about it as well was was a fun conversation to have you are married tell us a little bit about your wife her name's alexa we've been married for about eight months now and uh so congratulations fresh i appreciate it uh it's awesome to have her out here traveling with me kind of going through the minor leagues together and uh she's she's great to have around at all times she travels with you she does she'll come on the road road games with me she uh i mean is obviously uh at home when we're at the home games and uh it's just fun to have my best friend with me all the time you end up getting a promotion in quotes to go from playing down in florida to places like peoria illinois you end up bringing your wife with you that had to be a little bit of an adjustment yeah i mean we got the we got the news at around 1 a.m and then we had to be at the field the next day uh around 
2 p.m. So it was a it was a quick pack the house, 14-hour drive, and get up here as quick as possible. What a year this has been for you. I mean, we're having this conversation on the day of the Major League Baseball draft, which was a pretty significant day for Gage Workman not too long ago. Tigers made you their fourth-round pick in 2020, just a five-round draft, and you were one of the lucky ones to get a phone call. What do you remember about that phone call? Uh, it was, I mean... Everything you ever worked for, I mean, that's it all came to that day. It was it was an awesome day, very rewarding. And then, like I said about the promotion, it was like now it's time to get to work because the draft isn't the end goal. So you get to work right away, and I'm excited for whoever our new Tigers are going to be. You know, Arizona State obviously was a place that treated you exceptionally well. You got to play some college ball with the guy the Tigers took and Spencer Torkelson. How cool was it to have a couple of Sun Devils end up getting drafted in the same class, especially one that was so small? It was it was crazy. I mean, as soon as the Tigers called me and I already knew Torque had uh, gone first overall, it was it was awesome to have a good buddy and kind of uh, have someone to, to be with when you first get there because you don't know what to expect. You're a little nervous when you first show up, but to have a familiar face was really nice. We're talking with Gage Workman. So Spencer said that the Tigers didn't call him when they made him the first overall pick. Did you have an idea that the Tigers might be taking you in the fourth round before the pick came in? Um, you know, we, we had talked and I had done like the pre-draft stuff with them or whatever, but I wasn't like, oh, dead set, the Tigers are taking me. I, I wasn't uh, a lock for sure. As, as almost similar to Spencer's situation, I wasn't as high as him, of course, but it was, uh, it was almost a... Uh, surprised when it happened and I was I couldn't have been happier what do you remember when what are your best memories from having played down in Arizona going to our regionals and kind of uh making the little playoff runs that we made were, were a good time I mean we started a season 22 and 0 one year and just the different guys we had on the team made that a special team and made it super fun you guys would have made a serious run, I think, at winning a College World Series that particular year when you were there, when Torkelson was there. You guys had an unbelievable team. I mean, I know so many people were inconvenienced by the pandemic, but I'm sure that the sentiment in that locker room probably was, and if only we had the chance. When we got the news that the season was canceled, it was it was a bummer because we uh, we really did have a special lineup. We had a, a good pitching staff, and, and we could have definitely made a run that year. We're talking with Gage Workman, the Tigers' number 11 prospect. Been fun watching you play over the course of the first week in West Michigan. You've already collected your first home run. How good does it feel to finally get that home run, that first one in high A, and to do it so quickly? You know what? For me, it was the first hit. I got to get the first hit out of the way. Once you get that one out of the way, it's a little breath of fresh air. But then, uh, yeah, the home run pretty soon after was was another great feeling to get those the first week I'm up here. Is, it's pretty exciting. I think I saw them throw the baseball out of play when you got that base hit. Do you have that baseball now? I do. It was actually kind of like a joke, like, oh, keep the ball, because they threw it out of play because it was like a, it got scuffed up. It wasn't to save it for me, but they ended up giving it to me. So it was kind of a joke, but kind of cool to have. In terms of just what you're hoping to accomplish here the rest of this season, what kind of things come to mind? Um, you know, I just want to continue putting together a good season. I want to keep working on my craft, try to tighten things up, and, and be ready to play at the next level whenever that time may come well i know people are excited to see you i think they love your name more than anything else where do you get the name gage i don't think i know anybody named gage you know i don't know that's a good question i don't i don't know where my parents got that one from 
I should, that's, I should ask him. Well, again, so cool to have you. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. Go get him the rest of the way. I'm sure we'll have you again on the Road to Detroit podcast. And It's a breath of fresh air to get somebody as talented as you here in West Michigan. So keep up the good work, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. That is Gage Workman right here on the Road to Detroit. Meanwhile, the Lakeland Flying Tigers head to Tampa for a seven-game stretch, while the Whitecaps head home for almost the rest of the month of July. They've got 13 consecutive home games over the course of the next two weeks. They will take on Fort Wayne. They'll play seven games against the Tin Caps. That's a San Diego Padres high-A affiliate. Seven games in the next six days. And then they'll welcome in the Lansing Lugnuts. What a great name. That is an Oakland A's high-A central affiliate. As for Erie, the Seawolves head home. They got a series against the Bowie Bay Sox in Toledo. The Mud Hens taking on the Iowa Cubs for a six-game set. That's a look at the road ahead. Well, this has been a significant week for the Detroit Tigers. Now all of a sudden, and we said this a couple of weeks ago, this is why we try to give you tomorrow's newspaper today. The Tigers' goal has been to replenish those guys in the top 100 prospects, and sure enough, that's exactly what they have done. Dylan Dingler now crawling his way into the top 100 on a couple of different lists, still waiting on a couple of more, looking at you, MLB Pipeline and Baseball America. But, of course, the Tigers' number three overall pick, Jackson Job. You know he'll be a good bet to get into the top 100 as well. Our thanks to Gage Workman and Ty Madden for joining us on this edition of the RTD trying to get those last few pieces because who knows how much more the Tigers will be picking high in the draft in the years ahead. That's going to do it for this episode of The Road to Detroit. Our thanks to our producer, Nate Wangler. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. If you found us over the course of the last couple of weeks, make sure you don't miss a moment of The Road to Detroit. Coming up as this season goes along, we'll check back in with Riley Green, with Spencer Torkelson. We'll talk about the Futures game. Dylan Dingler, I'm sure he will join us once more. And in the weeks ahead, we're going to get to know some of the newest players in the Tigers minor league system. It's all coming up as we travel down the road to Detroit. That does it for this episode. But until next time. See ya! No one's been part of more first days of work than Carhartt. And in the same way rookies have to keep earning respect, Carhartt never stops earning the respect of hardworking people like you. From building rugged gear that's tougher than any first day or worst day of work, to re-engineering the classics to outwork the future. Trust your Carhartts to keep doing their job long after you've been doing yours. Since 1889, Carhartt's got your back 24-7. Visit Carhartt.com or visit a retail store near you.